Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. I've actually I actually started recording as soon as, as Liz started talking about it because I, I oh. don't know if we're going to use it, but I, I may just cut that piece out. Or I could just start the episode here. Hi, folks. This is Zompocalypse Now, and I am Timothy Harvey. I'm Dustin. And we welcome you to the show. And of course, we welcome Curtis Smith. Howdy. Who, of course, joined us last week and has been with us uh, on and off since pretty much very close to the beginning of Zompocalypse Now as a thing. And my friend. <laughs> at least friendly to to Dustin uh and and has been joking with Curtis online uh Liz McLean waving to a an audio audience but Liz how have you liked being my friend for a week so far you know Curtis it's been a joy yeah I feel the same way <laughs> see Zompocalypse now brings people together folks if you don't realize right. that by now share the show because we create friendships wherever we go <laughs> yes, <laughs> we and we talk we talk about zombies while we do it. That's right. Uh, so yes, uh, this week we are discussing Train to Busan, which is a film that Dustin and I have seen before, um, and yes. both of us really really enjoy it. But Curtis and Liz have not, or had not, and they have both watched it. And as you could hear, Liz um, Liz had a reaction to watching the movie. <laughs> What's interesting? Th- well, interesting thing about this film for me is that. It has so many of the things that we've seen in other zombie films that don't do it well. Mm-hmm. And yet they, and, and there's a bunch of them. There's a whole bunch of things in here. It's like they went down a checklist of going, wouldn't it be cool if we took the giant piling zombie thing that got really, really irritating in World War Z because the film has no soul. And then we did it <laughs> here, except we made it actually really tense. And what would happen if, you know, every, every one of these films has got some horrid person, some person who just is the most selfish, oh God. god-awful human being. And what if we gave them a few seconds at their end to actually make them human for a couple of seconds? You know, I mean, it's just, these are all these things that, these are big things that you see in zombie film after zombie film. Uh-huh. Um, and something that we talked about last week, there's actually a fair amount of this is how these zombies behave within the context of the film. So they actually give you, you know, these are the rules of these zombies. Um, Right. They didn't have to spell anything out. It was all so very clear from, from the very first, the very first zombie, which was that deer. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I was like, Oh, okay. Right. So the, the film Train to Busan is set in in, in Korea in in the the good Korea. Which one is that? Uh, South Korea. South Korea. It's set in South Korea, and uh, the first thing you see is this uh, like set. Somebody has like a, the government has set up a uh, a road blockade, and there are animated uh, animatronic. Uh, uh, people standing there saying, you can't go this way, don't go this way, don't go this way. And this this uh, farmer drives up and a guy comes out and they talk for a second about 
what's going on? And it's like, oh, don't worry about it. Some sort of chemical spill, whatever. And like, oh, okay. And so he turns around and he's driving away. And as he's driving away, he hits a deer. And he gets out of his car and he goes up. And he's like, ah, oh, crap. At least it was, you know, it was, <laughs> nothing's going to, at least it's just a deer. What could go wrong with a deer? And he gets back in his truck and he drives away. And the deer gets up. <laughs> and it is broken. It gets up in a freaky way, too. I love it. Because that was rule one. Yeah. These are going to be freaky zombies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it carries oh, throughout the entire right. film where the way the zombies move is they move like broken things, which is yeah. great. Right. And, yeah. uh, and this is one of those things that I love about the way that South Korea and Japan structure their storytelling um, while we have our main characters, they give every character a little bit of something so that you learn enough about almost everyone that's in this movie to care a little bit about what's going to happen to them. That was pretty that bastard that breaks his foot on the train track. Fuck that guy. that guy can go away yeah well so so the movie then resettles on soul where uh we meet dad i'm not going to use anybody's names because i will not i don't want to try and pronounce them and you know how bad i am with names i was going to give them all nicknames anyway so we we meet dad (laughs) and dad is the businessman he is the typical kids movie dad. He cares too much about work and not enough about his family. Uh, he's at work long hours. He spends more time with his assistant than he does with his daughter um, to the point where he realizes, oh no, it's her birthday today. What do kids like? And uh, his assistant buys him a PlayStation. Goes out and gets a PlayStation. It's a, it's a, no, it's worse than it's that. A it's a Wii. Wii. Oh, right. It's a wee. <laughs> and he brings it home and gives it to her. And daughter is just the cutest little oh, moppet. Oh, yeah. She, she has the big, the big eyes. Yeah, deeply expressive eyes, yeah. And, uh, and she, uh, she's like, oh, thanks. And he's like, what? What's wrong? And he brings her into his room and, uh, and, there is a we already set up in her room. And he's like, you gave this to me already this year. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, okay, so what do you want? What do you want for your birthday? And she says, I want to go to Busan where mom lives. And I want to spend my birthday with mom. And he's like, oh. <laughs> but luckily there's a bullet train that goes from Seoul to Busan with a couple of stops along the way, and it'll only take three hours to go there and back for him. So I've never been to take that train, by the way, ever. Like, if I'm <laughs> never in South Korea. <laughs> never taken that train, ever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing that I love about the way that this movie conducts itself in the very beginning is we... Once we once we meet the little girl, she is our she she and dad are our POV characters almost completely fully throughout. And so as we're driving to 
to the train station while dad's talking on the phone. The little girl is watching out the car windows and there's a lot of ambulances running around and, you know, like, like there's, you know, it's still dark out, but there's seems the streets seem chaotic in a way that, that are, takes her attention a lot. And then we get to the train station and we meet some of our other characters, two old ladies, and we meet evil businessman, and we meet evil the stewardesses. <laughs> evil businessman. What, what, what's his name in, in the Lego movie? Mr. Business or Dr. Lord Business? Or Lord Business, yeah. Or Lord Business. <laughs> Lord Business. Tr- Jamila is in here watching uh, RuPaul's Drag Race while I, while I do this. And when I started talking about this movie, she turned around and said, are you talking about that zombie movie? Because I've made her watch it. She's eight. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much I love this movie. Um, so anyway, so we meet, we meet Lord Business. We meet the two old ladies. We meet this baseball team that's coming back from a win. Pregnant and, Oh, pregnant lady and her, and husband. her husband. And, uh, and we also meet poor, unfortunate teen. poor unfortunate teen runs onto the train screaming and crying and runs into the bathroom and again this is one of those great uh great moments you get just a little bit of character for a character that is would basically be throwaway the first zombie she goes into the uh the trains the bath room on the train she pulls up her pants there's a bite on her leg and she is crying and she's saying i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry and she's trying to create a tourniquet and you can see the infection growing on her leg and that's one of those great moments i think that that makes this movie so great is you see this you, you that's all you need you need to know about this girl she has Something horrible has happened to her, and she's a real human being, and she's and she's trying to deal with it. But we all know it's not going to happen. You know. I love that was there was something. I don't know. I don't. I can't think of any of examples of specific zombie movies where the storytelling was in droplets. Mm-hmm. the story would develop in droplets until you had this flood that was just becoming oh, yeah. under more and more pressure. Right. And it, you know, this, this movie reminds me so much of like, of like the Poseidon adventure and, and air, uh-huh. airport. And, you know, oh those movies, those old disaster movies where you are introduced to all these characters and you know it's a disaster movie, you know something terrible is going to happen, but you... Skyscraper. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Our friend Kip was in Skyscraper, I think. You you have the... You you know these things are going to happen and yet they're taking the time. The build-up to everything here is... I'm not going to say leisurely... Because it, it moves with a very measured, but it moves with a very measured pace. Well, it's a two-hour movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you spend all, like the first third of it getting to know these characters uh, enough so that when things start to happen, you a can tell them apart. Because there's when you think about how many people actually have storylines in this film, there's a lot. Oh yeah, there's a You're lot. Very of- invested. I, I, I that was one of the things that I I really liked about it is that you're so invested in the characters by the time, you know, you get to the point where zombies are 
messing with people. <laughs> you know, you, you are so a part of the characters and you're like, no, not that guy. Don't yeah. mess with that guy. Don't mess with that woman. Don't, you know, I, it's, it's just, um, and I'm not a huge zombie movie fan. I'm going to, I, I've said this before, but, um, no, I really, um, it was, it was very different. I mean, I felt like, um, I was invested in the characters, especially the little girl. I just, mm-hmm. I could not get over her. I just, right. I was just like, oh. One of my, some of my favorite stuff that happens is what happens with that little girl. And especially when the train starts to pull away and she's looking out the window and people start running and you think, you know, it's like, oh, they're running for the train. No, they're running from, and then like somebody smacks into the train right in front of her window and she's like, <laughs> what is going on? And then like all the zombies attack and the whole time her dad's on the phone paying zero attention. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's one of the things that's one thing that this film does really, really well is the stuff that happens in the background mm-hmm. or it just happens out of the view of our main characters, starting with the young lady who ran under the train. Now, of course, there's a uh, people, people running to catch a train is not a new thing, but the way she basically just sprints past the, the, the guy, the, the guy who's manning the door, um, you know, his back is to her. And, you know, if, if he had been facing her, would she have gotten on the train looking the way she looked and acting the way she was acting? Don't Maybe know. Maybe not. Who knows? But, but, and then, of course, when she gets on the train, she's separated from the other passengers by doors that muffle a lot of sound. So they can't hear her or, or in their backs or two, so they don't see her falling over. And, you know, the stuff that happens where, you know, the little girl sees these things, but dad is looking the other way. Yeah, he's out there. <laughs> it's, he's not it's, paying attention. To right. And it's really, it's really very, you know, there's, there's stuff we... Because in the beginning, you're like, oh, God, you are a shit father. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, wow. you get crap father of the year award. Mm-hmm. That's all of the... Okay, you didn't do all of the things that were mad at our dads that they didn't do. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and the, and the thing is, is that it, that becomes a character arc for him throughout the film because it's not like he's actually a inherently bad person. Yeah, he's they just, did the same thing with uh, Punch Out. Yeah, mm-hmm. Punch Out was very disagreeable, but then he became human. You know, right, right. And and I loved how I lo- that's one of you know that you get like even and like. The two old ladies have a full character like arc with those I love two old ladies. old ladies. Oh my god, I totally <laughs> love the old ladies. Just the tiny little stories that they bothered to tell. Mm-hmm. That anybody in Hollywood would be like, that that's not an explosion. Don't do that. <laughs> well, and yeah. the, the, what what they're setting up here is something that we really see in the second half of the movie where there is no pause. Right. There are moments when there's nothing happening because you're they're trapped in a space they can't move. But the but everything all all the horror of a zombie apocalypse does not stop. It's yeah, like, that's that's man, that's a huge element of, of of why that's such a in the popular. Basically, everybody gets it about zombies and why that's scary because. Um, it doesn't stop. It only gets worse. It's, that's, you know, 
It's like He's a really great, it out now because it's the same shit. It's right. like a really great nineteen, uh, whatever year this movie was made. It's like a super great um, version <laughs> of nineteen eighties Terror Train. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with well, Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna say, how many awesome train movies are there? Two. Not a lot. But there's not a lot. No, there's Snowpiercer. Yeah. Really Other than, really. uh, this is, this Agatha is, Christie movie. What? Murder on the Orient yeah. Express. Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. There's a couple yeah. of good versions of that one. Um, but you no, know, this is this is actually be, this is people have described this as as the zombie Snowpiercer. Mm. Uh, and I think there's there's some some pros and cons to that description. Uh, I think I think Snowpiercer should be bowing to this movie though. Oh really? I, I I really thought this movie was great. I mean, and I like I said, I'm not a zombie movie person. And going into watching it, I was like, oh god, you got to be kidding. Oh god, the freaking zombie movie, you know. And like I said. I was cursing both of you, Dustin and Tim, as soon as it was over, because I was like, why am I crying? This is a zombie movie. Why is this this bringing me to tears? And I was just like, oh my God, I hate these two people. I just, um, I really. Well, because they did, they took the time. They took that first, what, 40 minutes of the movie to get to make you care, to let you care. They do. and I think the only the, the the closest zombie movie that I can think of since then, and and poor the director just has gone completely off the rails and is making not made a single good movie in years, <laughs> is the Day of the Dead that Zack and Snyder made. Oh my god, I have that on my little. Um, you know what? Of 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 all the Zack Snyder films, that is the one that I think gave us so many people. Um, a real sense that maybe he could do something cool with the DC Cinematic Universe because they looked at that film which ended up being not a direct remake of the original but certainly had enough echoes of it to be considered a relatively uh, respectful remake Mm -hmm. and still managed to be an entertaining movie on its own and it threw you into the action in a way that people simply were not expecting that film to do. So it actually ended up gathering quite a bit of, of positive buzz from Go because it made, you know, it threw you into the action in a way that was really, really dramatic. Well, and it also, like, when you compare it to a movie like Train to Busan, it does what it's supposed to do. It gives you a minute. It gives you time. You get to know your characters. The jerks, the jerk in the, in the beginning of the movie has a great arc at the end of the movie. Uh, you know, the characters, you care about everyone. Uh, so th- that, I think, is really, it took its time. Unfortunately, Zack Snyder thought, oh, I took my time in this movie and everybody loved it and took that to the nth degree. And, you know, now he just makes movies that are completely in slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to fall down in one of those movies because it takes a really long time. Right. <laughs> So, anyway, zombies happen on the train. The poor, unfortunate teenage girl, she, she turns into a zombie. She bites uh, one of the, uh, one of the uh, stewardesses, one of the, the cabin, cabin ladies. Zach, 
the staff members, and she turns immediately into a zombie. And, like, it just kind of escalates from there. And so, essentially, the entire middle section of the train has zombies in it before anybody knows what's happening. Unfortunately, uh, at that point, the little girl had gone to the bathroom, and she had gone through the train that the zombie Gertine was in. And so now she's, like, three three train cars back and there's zombies between her and her dad. Yep. And on top of that, she's along the way, she's met um, uh, this very, very pregnant woman Mm -hmm. and her husband who is, who is abrasive. And, and by the way, uh, her husband is played by a a Korean American actor uh, whose name I will not mangle. Uh, yeah, I would pronounce it wrong, but his Americanized name is Don Lee, and he, he was is, actually very good. I, I oh yeah, yeah like he is. Uh, uh, he's actually um, a martial artist, although you don't get a sense of that. It's this film. It's much more a his size and physical brute strength. Is yeah, I like that about that. There's not a whole lot of there's there's really no leaning into the fact that he's actually a, a, a really acclaimed martial artist. Right. Uh, what we end up with. At, at a certain point, is basically a D and D group. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because we don't get that. We like eventually they all get to come back together. Like they get back together relatively easily at well, the beginning. The girl is like the the little girl is like a uh, halfling bard. Right? She, <laughs> she sings the song. Right? I think you could make a That's case a for that idea, as dumb as it is. Try to right. that face. Yeah, you suppose you could, you could, we could figure out a way to break these down into D and D classes. Uh, yeah, but should the music bring everybody together, Curtis? Isn't that the way that? That's why. That's why bards are so underrated because <laughs> people don't realize. I'm playing a Goliath bard right now in a D and D text based game. I'm playing. I'm listening to Billy for fun. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's this point of the film. Basically, we've got to the point where we've established who these characters are, and then it's like, okay, now you know them let's basically make everything about their existence a living hell. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, the bas- the baseball team gets the brunt of it in this first act, where oh my they, God. they just get slaughtered. Like, all but five of these guys get completely killed. Like That was, that was pretty fun. I was right. like, oh, my God, there's a baseball team. Yeah. <laughs> but they but like most of them are taken out almost immediately. Yeah. Uh and then they get to their first train stop and the the Lord Business is like, You better stop. You stop right now. And uh <laughs> and then so they stop the train and zombies like rush rush the train, like, okay, we gotta keep going. <laughs> so because um, meanwhile, meanwhile, this is not just isolated to the train. Obviously, this is spreading all over Korea. Right. And they actually do this little juxtaposition thing because, of course, everyone's got their phone out. They're trying to uh-huh. figure out what's going on. And so you've got the the official response from the government, which, of course, is, "Look, some really terrible things have happened, but we're getting it under control. There's no reason to be alarmed." Meanwhile, they're showing footage of basically everything coming apart where there's yeah. zombies everywhere and, and everyone's being murdered. And meanwhile, I felt no um, correlation whatsoever to what's happening right now. No, no, no. not at all. 
course not. <laughs> not at all. Mm. Yeah, no. No, that was one of the things I really liked. I'm I, I liked. Likes probably not the right word. Um, one of the things I really thought was important about the movie, which of course they would have had no idea when they made it, but it would have it would have come to fruition like it did. But um, no, I really um, there there was a a lot of stuff I really liked about it, and 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 a lot of things that I really felt were important about it, even though it was just this kind of silly zombie movie. I mean, I, um, I don't know. It was pretty, um, pretty important in, in, in some spots I was like, oh my God, you know, I know this is about zombies, but we're mm-hmm. fucking living this. You know right. what I mean? And it allows you, it, it, it's a movie that, that deals with a couple of different things, like, you know, taking time to appreciate your family and, and, you know, like, not, not giving into herd mentality and, you know, deciding what's important in your life. Like, what, is, what, is, what are you willing to fight for? And there's a lot of good stuff that happens in this movie. Uh, the, so, so Dad finds, calls one of his buddies who's in the army, right? And he's like, okay, uh, what's happening? And he's like, there's this big outbreak and we're going to get you guys off the train at the next stop and you guys are going to have to go into quarantine uh, to make sure you're not sick or whatever with this outbreak. And dad's like, no, no, I don't, me and my kid can't go into the quarantine. We're not going into quarantine. And he goes, okay, well, when you get off the train, follow the, follow the path you get to the South corridor or something, and then take the South corridor and someone will meet you there and take you out. And he's like, awesome. So they get to the place where they're all going to be quarantined and they start to get off the train. And that's when dad and daughter are able to get back together. And everybody's starting to, you know, they see all the zombies trapped in that middle section of the train. And uh, they start walking and they get to the South corridor and dad grabs daughter's hands. Like, come with me, we're going this way. And she's like, what? We're going to just leave all of our, people to all these people like where are we going and the home the homeless man is like oh no i'm going with you guys and he follows (laughs) them and uh and they're walking down the south corridor and a soldier comes walking up and he turns around and the dad's like hey hey over here and he turns around and he is bleeding from the neck and he's like help help me and then all these military zombies just hit him like a like a tidal wave and yeah, you know somehow that seemed more dangerous when they were wearing military uniforms i was like oh my uh-huh. god and they're, they're trained <laughs> well and right. there's, there's some interesting things that happen here with with some of the inversions of we something we see in a lot of zombie films which is the military survives and yet they immediately turn into assholes <laughs> and right. you know the the you know, 28 days later is a great example of that, which is, you know, the, you know, the military unit is there, but now we have to, we have to build a new society. So take all the women. Right. We got to make them our sex slaves. You know, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a mindset that shows up again and again. And in zombie fiction, they completely bypass that here by going, right. So here's the military and they get overrun too. So whoops, never mind. 
Oopsies. <laughs> oh, you know, you know what just occurred to me? This is what? the first zombie movie I've ever seen. Ever. I haven't seen anything ever. Where a zombie doesn't get shot in the head. There are our heroes do not have weapons. Except for their hands. <laughs> and their hands. So, I, mean, I think that may have been a bit of the refreshment for me is it wasn't about eating brains and it wasn't about you have to shoot them in the head. Right. And they don't move slowly. These are fast moving zombies. And well, they're only movie. as fast as the people they inhabit. Yeah. So that's right. That's if right. Got, if you've got old men and old ladies interspersed in the crowd, that's one thing. But if everybody is a trained soldier. <laughs> right. That's just not like bonkers. Walking Dead, where everybody moves at this ridiculous snail's pace. In in this movie, zombies move pretty damn fast. I got to oh, yeah. say. Well, and, you basically like you work, it, they, which is very impressive for me. <laughs> and I think that they do like you. You brought up uh, uh, the World War Z earlier. I think they do what they wanted to do with World War Z here, except way better, which is the zombies are almost like a fungus. They're almost like a force of nature. Their their movement isn't as individual humans necessarily as much as it is a a a, a mass creature that's moving at, oh, as that's one. Where every every cell has a singular purpose and goal. Right. You know. But it also, it, it, it plays a lot like a wave sometimes. We watch them sort of just flow over things or flow through things. We see, we see a scene as all of this is going on as all of our, our characters are trying to get back to the train because, oh, this is not a safe place to be. No, uh, this, is a very, this is a very not safe place. Let's go back to the metal tube where we could die, but maybe not. And, yes. and you see that, that, that pile of them that comes through an upper window and just pours down from a, zombies from the sky. Dustin and I have joked about zombies from the sky in the Walking Dead universe for the zombies that just appear out of nowhere. Here you get to watch them appear and it's <laughs> because they're, they're flowing or when, when they rescue dad um, because he, his daughter gets, you know, the, the husband and pregnant wife, they get his daughter away, but he gets stuck behind when yeah. he, when they rescue him in a nice inversion of a moment earlier in the film where he's slow to save the husband uh, because he's thinking about himself and his child above everybody else. And, and yet he turns, you know, the husband turns around and saves him later. They're the only thing in between them and this like horde is a plate is two plate glass windows. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they get away from it, they smash through the plate glass windows and just pour. And, I, and it's, a, it's a, almost like a liquid mm-hmm. pour into the room. And we should talk, I want to talk a minute about that moment where, where uh, Punch Him Up saves the little girl. Because the dad, there's a, he, the dad sees the zombies coming and sees her and she is, stopped she is somehow uh she's paralyzed with fear and he stops she can't move and and he can't get to her in time and you see the wave of zombies coming and she sees them coming and she turns and looks at her dad and it's just like no (laughs) just you know it's such a like you are so full of the dread of, you know, oh, don't eat the little girl. 
<laughs> and to be and to be clear, the first time I watched this film, not knowing much about it aside from hearing that it had gotten really good reviews and that it was really interesting, I for a moment I sat there and went, "This is not working like an American movie." Oh, right. Little girls in horror films in Asian movies do not let not have a good survival rate. <laughs> and so I'm looking at this and going. I'm going to watch the little girl get eaten by zombies. Yeah, I remember the first the time I... Little Moppet, who we've been following for half the movie now, is going to get devoured by zombies. And, oh, okay. Oh, okay, she's not. Okay, woo. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was such a... And, and I felt the same way the first time I saw it. Like I said, I've watched this movie probably six times. I'll tell you, sometimes I feel that way every time I... Like, like I feel that way low-key every time I watch it. Like that feeling of oh oh no they're gonna they're gonna get her even though I know they don't like and well here's this is something from a technical standpoint that we don't get to talk a lot but with zombie movies a lot is that the way that scene and way almost every scene in this film is framed or and edited the timing the music um, the the performances there's a level of tension in this movie yeah, yeah. that is not present in, I'd say, a lot of zombie films. The really best ones, of course, have that. Even films like Shaun of the Dead, which is a zombie comedy, <laughs> leans into that at times because it's because Edgar Wright is an amazing <laughs> filmmaker. But but you look at, you know, there's, there's tension and letting things build and then letting them explode and then not letting up off the tension like this film does for half of its runtime. Um, is something that you don't see in a lot of zombie movies. Right. It's really, really nice. So, so a lot of directors don't know how to do that. You know, the only, yeah. the only other guy I can think of off the top of my head is Peter Jackson. Uh, he did that. He did that in the Frighteners and he did that shit. He did that in the, in the Lord of the Rings over the course of three movies, but you know, controls so his tone really well. I don't watch a lot of zombie movies, but one thing that I really liked about this one is, um, seriously, the way, I know this is going to sound so stupid, but the way the zombies were portrayed, they, they weren't this, I don't know, this weird monster thing. They were scary, sure, but they were, um, they were a lot more real. I, I felt, you know, like when they were come up against the train windows and everybody was yeah. like, oh my God, you know, it was just, it was very different than other zombie movies that so I There's that a couple I interesting think. things that are happening there because we have fast zombies, which were a relative, which have a lot, so there's really two different, two different worlds of the zombie movie. There's the slow zombie, which is, they're just going to keep coming. That's the problem yeah. is, is that there are a bunch of them. One or two is okay because they're slow, but your problem isn't one or two. Your problem is a thousand. <laughs> because, and, and the thing is, is that they're never going to get tired. You're, you're going you're yeah. to get tired and have to stop. They're not. So it's this, it's this unstoppable force. And then the fast zombie with films like 28 Days Later or uh, the uh, Dawn of the Dead remake, um, you end up with zombies that are, these are feeding machines. They're like sharks, okay? They just, they're all teeth and pointy bits 
and um, and they're and, and they're coming at you super fast, and and on top of that, there's a million of them, right. and you know, so not only you know you can run away if you want, but they're going to catch you because they're never going to stop and they're fast. Mm-hmm. So here, uh, but the, but the zombies in Twenty Eight Days Later weren't zombies; they were they were people suffering from a rage virus. They were still alive, mm-hmm. and this kind of feels like a little bit of both of them. So because they're they're less about eating your brains or or even necessarily consuming you. Um, they're more about getting you and almost making you one of them. Right. Uh, and then, but they're also fast as a human. So they're and they're and, and they're violent in a way that a lot of zombies right. simply aren't violent. And there and there are a couple of of moments in this film where where a zombie will run up to like single zombies will run up to somebody and bite them, and as soon as they're bitten, they run away. They're done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is you know like so so they're shut to this train station, and dad and daughter have been separated. Now punch him up, and pregnant lady have daughter. Um, and and punch him up gets daughter and the, uh, one of the little old ladies um, onto the train with his pregnant wife, and then he has to go back to save dad. And they end up him and the final survivor of the baseball team end up at the very end of the train with the homeless guy. No, the homeless guy is with uh, the pregnant woman. Yeah, with the pregnant women and the dad and the mom or the little lady and uh, the daughter. Meanwhile, this teenage girl who is in love with the only baseball player left is up in the very front of the train with the rest of the survivors and Lord Business. And also the other little old lady. So now our, our characters are separated into three groups. There's the main survivors, there's this little pocket of survivors in the middle, and then there's the, the menfolk at the very end of the train. And in between these three pockets are cars full, full of, of zombies. zombies. <laughs> right. And this, and, is so, not, and this is not an American action movie where the first thing is, let's go up on the roof. Because this is a culture that actually knows how trains work. And they're not... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and this is not a James Bond movie. Oh and this is where our party has to roll a lot of D20s. Right. <laughs> <laughs> roll, but, roll against bite mark. <laughs> right. But they also discover that when it's dark or when the zombies can't see you, they just go dormant and they just stand there. Oh, yeah, I love it. They can't see nothing. So they're like instantly just and off. Stupid. Yeah. And they, and they got a hint of this earlier in the film where basically as soon as they covered up uh, the, the glass in between two of the cars, the oh, yeah. zombies quieted down. But it's, it's, it's hinted at there, whereas here they find out because they're moving through a room full of zombies and trying to fight their way through and it's not looking great. And then they pass through a tunnel (laughs) and it's like, hang on. (laughs) This is, this is good to know. And then they start, and this this is one of the things that I really loved is that the characters start thinking. They don't just sit there and go, woo, we're saved. They, you know, uh, dad sits there and whips out his phone and goes, well, no, first he uses um, the husband's phone to distract the zombies by ma- having it make noise. Right. Um, so, which is really clever. But then he uses his phone to figure out where the next tunnel is. 
and how to plot their way forward because they know when it's going to get dark in the train. Right. And that was so cool and such a good, like, smart thing that you, like you said, you don't see, you know, you don't see that in American zombie movies or, you know, or especially like in Italian zombie movies. They're too, they're too busy drinking wine and showing tits in Italian zombie movies. <laughs> well, there's so, something wrong with drinking wine smart. and showing tits. But Italian I mean, zombie movies also... Until want... tomorrow when it's my birthday. Well, <laughs> Italian, Italian <laughs> zombie movies want to show off their 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 gore effects too. I mean that's that's right. really that, uh, Italian zombie movies are really a whole bunch of really cool disembowelment effects <laughs> surrounded by <laughs> credits. Surrounded by well, I mean, <laughs> they really were focused on story in this one because that the all the blood on that guy's shirt looked like a condiment. I couldn't figure out exactly. <laughs> It's like they probably wouldn't waste sriracha on a movie, right? It was kind of orangey, you know. It was a Korean movie, so it was probably ketchup. But yeah, uh, also, also, yeah, didn't care. (laughs) (laughs) So, so dad and punch him up, and the baseball player make it to the wife and the old lady and the daughter, and make it. They get in there. And uh, now I have to figure out how to get the rest of the people up at the front of the train where all the survivors are. And uh, they come up with a couple of ingenious ways to do that. They climb uh, through the baggage compartment a couple of times, which I don't think is something that would really work because I think that once you hit a certain weight limit, that thing's coming down. I've been on those trains. There's no way in hell. I, <laughs> but it's well, a little, it's a suspension of disbelief moment. There's, sure. there's 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 moments in the film where where physics takes a back seat to movie necessity, to storytelling. The you know the, the rule the rule of cool or the rule of terror um, actually plays in here a couple of moments with with train behavior. Um, certain a, de- a certain derailment scene. Yeah, nobody would have yeah. lived through that scene. Sorry, oh, yeah. I mean that's they, mm-hmm. that's that's instant. That's but that's instant. such a cool. That was such an amazing set piece. Oh yeah, when that happened. Good. But we'll get there. We'll get there in a minute. Yeah. No, that was a great part of the movie. I I, I will agree with that. So puss that ran off, but yeah, right. <laughs> we get. So they get there, they, they do, they make it. They finally get up to where the other survivors are and they're trying to get through, but Lord Business is like, no, they're infected. We can't let them in, they'll kill us all. Purely speculation. Yes, well, I think he's trying to get revenge because they, because dad, like, didn't he like punched him earlier? Punched him in the face or yelled at him and like questioned his authority? No, he punches him in the face after this event. Oh, after this? Yeah, but he definitely right. he did he did dress him down earlier in the film. And, and But that's why he that's why he says they're infected, is because he punches him. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Because he because he threatens him there and, and the guy realizes that, you know, he's he's losing the control of the narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that people are, you know, because Here's here are the, is this ragtag group of people who are trying who are clearly trying to reconnect with their families, and I mean they are 
by default sympathetic and he doesn't want that he wants people to listen to him he's got this you know because he he wields his his so-called authority at every opportunity he can get i mean right one of the one of the minor characters of this film who is a recurring character is the poor uh train attendant who this oh. guy basically turns to every time something goes wrong and goes fix it yeah and the poor, the poor hourly worker there has to keep calling the conductor and going, "Sir, <laughs> help!" Um, and you know, it's so. You actually have this little subplot about this poor henpecked, you know, trainer right. who's just browbeat by this guy and ends up almost becoming becoming an accessory to it. But right. Um, so yeah, so they get they then get uh, everybody glares at everybody, and then so they separate into you know. Are, uh, they send them into two different groups, and this is a. Uh, uh, did the little lady get bitten before this? Yeah, she got like bitten the, before this. She was. She yeah. was when when they got through uh, into this space. She wasn't moving fast enough, and they try and go back for her. And uh, that's oh, one of the right, things that right, Lord, right. it's Lord Business's fault, really. That the old lady got bitten, and and of course, this is also the point where the husband, um, you know, got bit. Oh and yeah, the husband gets bitten and dies too at this point. Because you see, you've, Punch him up. you've watched him fight his way through all of these people, um, and yet when, of course, you, they can't get through, it just it just becomes too much. But the cool thing is, is that he holds on as long as he can, and he basically still serves as a barrier to help them get away to safety. Right. Even as he's turning, even his, and then even when he's turned, his own physical mass because he's a big guy slows them down some more so it's a great it's a great ending for the character and uh ending a, a minor little amusing marital subplot uh he tells his wife the name of the baby because they haven't decided until now and so right. his last mo- his last emotional moment to her is to to name their child and um which of course is what is not the first because we've had these emotional beats with father and daughter but it's the first time that they're really going to sit there and go Okay, so is that your heartstring? <laughs> yes. No, it wasn't. Well, it's, no, it's when, it's when they start hitting you with the big ones. Yeah, it's the ones at the end that are. No, this that, is where yeah. this is where they start really hitting you with the emotional stuff because right after this is where the the one sister dies, and then when they've got our two little groups separated, the other sister who's with the uninfected looks basically has her own little breakdown and, and 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 it's a great little speech she gives it's like i don't know a paragraph long probably of text mm-hmm. but it's like you spent your whole life just helping people and being kind to others and see where it got you well yeah. screw it <laughs> and here's the best part about that moment is that the Lord business has these people so scared that these, that this other group is infected, that they have taken all the barrier precautions that they used to have over with the zombies and put them against the people who are not infected. Just Lord businesses like them. Yeah. And so when the little old lady lets the zombies in and they start attacking the survivors, they've barricaded themselves in. And so they all get the, basically uh, the fear, the fear of death, the fear of, you know, and thinking that the leader, this person who is the leader is the one who has all the answers 
is what dooms all these people. Right. And when I started cursing both of you was at the very, very end <laughs> when you see the father's eyes glaze oh, over yeah. and you know he's infected. We'll get there. Stop it. Liz. Sorry. This is not how this podcast works. Gosh. Hi. I will Hi, fight you, Liz. You Virtual don't, you don't jump ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm yeah. sorry. That's it's okay. Been known, it's been known to happen. Don't listen yeah. to Dustin's little rant there. Dustin's <laughs> trying to create a moment for you. Maybe bring some of those emotions yeah. back up. No, so, I don't want those emotions to come and back. Here's, okay, so so <laughs> meanwhile, I love the fact that this train conductor has been sitting up at the front of the train this whole time, like, <laughs> you gotta, get, <laughs> gotta get all these people where they're going. And Driving on the train. And he, I love he 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 gets on the thing and says, "We're at the train yard. We can't go any farther on this train. I'm gonna go and start another engine. We're gonna go, I'm gonna go and start another engine, and you all have to meet me there. It's gonna be this engine at this place." And he gets off the train and he runs. But he also was like, you know, um, I'm you know I if if you survive, please meet me there. Good luck, you know. Yeah. He's, and so everybody who has survived, oh, and by the way, Lord Business and his little lackey hid in the bathroom, just like all everybody else has <laughs> hid in the bathroom throughout. Uh, and this is where we have no more good feelings about Lord Business. Right. Because he says, hey, the, he says, to the, he looks out and sees zombies all, all at, milling around. And the, the lackey is like, is it safe? And he's like, yeah, go on out there. And <laughs> feeds the poor kid to the zombies. Pushes his ass out yeah. the door. And so then he gets away and runs. And so everybody is trying to get to the engine where the conductor is. And that's when the train wreck happens. So they look mm-hmm. up and they actually see a tra- uh, the conductor sees a train that's on fire, <laughs> early burning zombies coming around the corner, and he's like, "Oh, this is gonna be bad." <laughs> and you get this train crash that, uh, you know, again in in the real world everybody dies, movie's over, uh, right. but uh, it's. <laughs> Not it's this just, movie. No, it's just a it's a fantastic sequence um, <laughs> where you end up with the survivors just, you know, separated. Various- well, they're separated because the train falls. When the train falls, it falls on Dad, and it falls on the little girl, and it falls on the pregnant lady and the homeless guy, and the teenagers are like, "Did everybody just die?" <laughs> <laughs> And they're, they're, it's the baseball kid and his little girlfriend. And they're like, we've got to get out of here. We've got to go. And so they run to try and find a, another way. And unfortunately, they run into Lord Business. And Lord Business is being chased by zombies. And so he grabs the girl and pushes her into the zombies. And she gets bitten. And so she's starting to, to change and and the boy, the baseball player, grabs her and holds her and he apologizes. And Because he'd been, like, at the very beginning of the movie, the funny thing about their relationship is, like, she wanted to date him and he was saying, no, I don't want to date you. And she's like, we're going to fall in love eventually. And so here she is. She's dying. And, 
And by the way, this is not in one of those creepy movie ways where you have someone going, we're going to be together. And you think this is a restraining order in progress. (laughs) And no, this is actually a cute thing where he's just a shy kid who doesn't know how to really talk to her. And all this trauma actually enables him to open up to her and for these two to actually connect in the way that, that they're actually... You know, there's, this isn't, this isn't, he doesn't want her to be, you know, her, his girlfriend. It's, you know, he's, you can see in the whole ribbing he gets at the beginning of the movie from his friends and the way he acts, he's attracted to her. You know, it's just this, he's just shy. At this point though, I mean, he's gone through all this, he's gone through all of this trauma. He couldn't save his friends. He's seen all of this death and this girl that, you know, he really does care about um, is, you know, she's dying in front of him and he's just, it's one of those moments. Sometimes this works in zombie films where someone sits there and goes, I'm just going to let them kill me because, you know. because yeah, I, I, I can't fight anymore. I can't do this anymore. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And I think it worked here. Because this is, this is a teenage boy who has just been through all the ringer. I mean, right. and, and to have this be like the final straw, um, I can see that. Because as far as they're concerned, you know, everybody else is dead. Yeah. Well, yeah, all of his teammates are zombies. All his teammates are dead. They just watched four people crushed by a train. Yeah. And, and so he lets her bite him. And it's it's very sad to see them go. And it was I, very Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. I'd say well, in a good way. Well, tell me about a bad way you could, it could be like Romeo and Juliet. Uh, think, Romeo think, plus Juliet? Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan. I like Baz Luhrmann movies, but I cannot stand that film. Draw your sword. Pew pew. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the editing on that film makes me angry. And, I, I physically you know, get angry oof. watching that edit. I I told I, I have a whole I have a whole thesis paper about that movie. I'm not going to share right now. <laughs> okay. um, so well, anyway. I was going to bring it up. Um. So, but Lord Business escapes. And then we go back, we go underneath the train that has collapsed, and we discover that all of our characters aren't actually dead. They're trapped under the train, and it is slowly collapsing on top of them. Oh, by the way, it's also full of zombies. Oh, by the way, it's also on fire. So- yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way. <laughs> it's, like, it's like having a having a beehive fall on top of your head. Right. <laughs> and everything's just kind of cool for a second. And then it's not. <laughs> well, and they, they figure out a way. They, they, they manage to, to regroup and, and to start getting out from underneath it. But the zombies are coming in. And the homeless man, who we've, we've gotten a little bit of information about this guy. Not a lot. When we met him, he's clearly... <laughs> he's clearly he like a zombie. Well, he, yeah. he's, he's clearly traumatized by something we that... We thought he was sick. And yeah. so, considering that where... He gets on the train at a point where the zombies are overrunning, you know, the original location. And so this is someone who's already been through part of this. He's already experienced this stuff before he even gets on the train. And so by the time this all rolls around, you've got a little sense of this guy who's sort of in some ways been a background character. But he basically, then he turns out and he sacrifices himself to save, uh, you know, this Stranger and his daughter and this pregnant woman. He doesn't know them. He's got no emotional attachment to them. But he just sits there and does it. 
Um, and there's an interesting theme that runs through this film with some of the, with a lot of the characters that we're following that we actually care about as the film goes on is there's a willingness to sacrifice themselves to save other people. They don't right. start that way, but they end that way. Um, that, you know, they're willing to make that choice to save somebody else, which is a really nice touch because that's also something you don't see in zombie movies a lot. No, you don't. <laughs> Run away! <laughs> I don't have to outrun the zombies. I just have to outrun you. Right. Well, I mean, I don't think it's racist to say that this just supports the idea that I have that the Japanese are better at everything. Well, these are Koreans. These are, yeah, I was going to say, this is a Korean movie. And the Koreans are slightly better than them. <laughs> <laughs> well, so anyway, uh, pregnant lady and dad and daughter get out. The train collapses on homeless man. Uh, but, and so they start running for the, for the conductor's engine as well. They're, they're all trying to get there. By the way, and, the conductor has not survived. Oh, right. Lord Business was running up and uh, the conductor saw him and was like, well, shit, I've got to go save Lord Business. And so he runs over to save Lord Business and Lord Business gets bitten and then throws the conductor at the zombie that had just bit him. And so the conductor is eaten. So he's basically a a jackass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's all the worst. The whole movie. So by the time... He killed more people people than uh, some zombies before he was a zombie. Right. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So by the time he gets, by the time dad and pregnant lady and uh, daughter get there, Lord Business is slowly turning into a zombie on the train that's going to Busan. The last train to Busan! But before we, they even realize he's on the train, they run up to the train and they get on there and all the zombies, all the zombies, (laughs) <laughs> Not just a few, but all of them are chasing the train. And they, <laughs> and they grab onto the train, and they and and here's where physics gets in the way, okay? Because this really dramatic scene where the train is slowing because of the weight of the human beings who are attached, the, the, the zombies that are being trailed by this train, okay, that's not how trains work. Okay? <laughs> the train would not be slowing down. It doesn't matter how many zombies that are dragging behind it. Those things, those things... Have the, you know, they get up to speed dragging hundreds of thousands of tons. Sure. There is no way that, the, but it doesn't matter. It to them. Ain't it doesn't matter because it's a cool shot. Oh, and, yeah. And it's dramatic as hell. And you see these three people with all the zombies, again, operating like a wave, um, who are just, <laughs> you know. Right. All holding onto one zombie. Like the one zombie has the thing, and then all the rest of them are tiered out. And so they're trying to get this one zombie off. And finally they do it. Finally they do it. And they go turn around. They're finally safe. And they turn around and they go in to the caboose, the caboose cabin and there's Lord Business. And he's not just there threatening them as a zombie. He's... So here, here's, here's the one moment where they try and make you feel something for Lord Business. Because he's talking about having to get to his mom and he just wants to go home and right. he lives in Busan and he's, he's, his mind is at this point, it looks like his mind has snapped and he's, he's regressed reverted to, being to a, childhood. He's reverted to childhood and he's a scared little boy asking, 
to go home to his mother. And for this moment, and I'm on one hand, I'm looking at this and going, okay, they're giving him a little bit of humanity. Mm-hmm. And I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I feel for him, please die. Right. Well, yeah, I was, dad- my feelings were like, yeah, 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 that's great. Okay, cool. Miss your mom. Get off the train. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the dad says, there's nothing we can do for you. You're already dead. Like, you're infected. <laughs> yeah. And, and the guy's like, I'm not infected. I'm, I'm, oh, wait. And then he's like, all zombie. And, yeah. and of course, this is where it becomes one zombie versus essentially three people who are very ill-equipped to fight, let, let alone all the zombies they've been fighting so far. They're ill-equipped to fight one zombie. Right. It's a middle-aged businessman who spends his entire life behind a desk. Um, it's a small girl, and it's a pregnant woman fighting something, and, and they're in an, an encl- essentially an enclosed space because they've got this railing that's basically pinning them to the side of this train. And it's actually a fairly tense fight scene where mm-hmm. you can you can do anything you want to this guy. He's just going to get back up. Which yeah. I ruined for everybody. So, <laughs> so Liz, why don't you tell us what happens next? <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay, so the, the end fight scene, actually, um, the dad of the little girl who we've cheered for and not cheered for throughout the entire movie because he's a douche at the beginning and and he becomes not a douche when he's trying to protect his daughter. Um, Actually gets bitten by the zombie and the, the, the last scene of the movie is him um understanding that he's become infected and you see his eyes roll up into the zombie eyes and him knowing that you know this is his last chance to do something great for his daughter he he jumps off the train knowing that he's going to die because he he has no he has no choice um because this is the only way that he can save his daughter and save the pregnant lady with the baby. And, um, and, and that's like the final scene is her um, looking out the window and screaming. Yeah. Um, and it, because she, she doesn't want him to leave. Um, but because she's realized that he's done all these things to protect her. He's been, they, right. they, they bonded over the course of this, this time. Ridiculous thing, yeah. Where he's, she's realized that it's not that he didn't have time for her, it's that, you know, he was caught up in other things that didn't, then he really did love her. He was just caught up in other things. Well, and there's, and there's a moment earlier in the film where the, the husband of the pregnant lady looks at him and says, you know, um, your when your daughter is older, she'll understand the sacrifices you made. Right. You know, it's it's you're doing this for her, and there's a there's a look on his face where he realizes that, to some degree, that might be true, but he's let himself get caught up in it. 
he's yeah. let himself let that taken over. So when he when he gets a chance, when he's trying to explain to her why he has to go, because he he takes them into the cabin and he shows them, okay, here's where the break is, right? When it comes time to be safe, use this, and I've got to go. And you know, his daughter is just weeping in front of him and saying, "Don't go, don't go." And she's repeating that over and over, and he's just like, "I." I have to, uh, and and he breaks down once he gets out of sight of her. Um, and again, we come back into a, a to a cultural thing, of course, to some degree, where you don't cry. You know, men don't cry. But the minute he gets out of the point of being able to see her, he just bursts into tears, and he flashes back to her being born and having all these just. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, and and yeah. they do something rather clever, I think, in, on an emotional level with when he jumps off the train because we don't see him actually do that we see his shadow do that yeah we just see you know and so you're left with her like kind of they show her um well there's kind of there's kind of an overlay after expression i guess yeah well we we saw what she saw she saw the shadow from the back and yeah yeah. it's it's, yeah it's very it's it's got it, it adds an emotional punch that this scene is already has, um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, this is the point. This is the point where the human people in the audience are weeping. Are weeping. <laughs> and if me. you're not, that was me. You're. And you're if you're not weeping in a second, you're gonna be because they <laughs> get to they get to Busan and the tr- the train tracks are all closed oh, off. Oh yeah. And so, so the little it's girl just, and the it's princely. just bodies. It's all yeah. they can see is bodies. There's no, there's no, no one around living. And so they've got to their destination. This is the place what's supposed to be safe. Everybody's dead. And there's nobody. There's nothing moving. Right. Um, and so they ch- walk into the train tunnel because where else are they going to go? They have to find, you know, a way. They have to figure out Busan's on the other side of this tunnel. And so they walk in, and they're. And they're walking, and there are soldiers on the other end. And they see something walking into the tunnel, and like, hey, like there's something coming into the tunnel. And it's like, well, can you tell if it's a hostile or not? And they're like, no, we can't. And like, well, better shoot it to be safe. And then you hear the little girl singing, and she's aloha, ay, alo. It was good. She was good. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Well, and, th- and this also throws back to the beginning of the film because she's singing a song she did from a recital that her, of course, her dad missed. Right. And so, so she's walking down this tunnel with this pregnant woman who is clearly not doing well at this point because <laughs> she's, she's pregnant and she's just gone through hell and and she's you know she's looking just drained and the little girl has just watched her father sacrifice himself to save them and so. She's weeping, tears are just streaming down her face as she's screaming, you know, basically belting out this song. The song that she told him, she, when he said, I'm sorry, I missed it, but, my, but you know, we got a video. She's like, no, I learned that song for you. I wanted to sing it for you. Yeah. And so she's singing the song for her dad. And that's what ultimately saves them again, is they hear the song, like, wait, those are people. And, you know... They they go and they are saved. That's how they are saved. I thought that movie was going to end when they slowly walk into the entrance of the tunnel and they just fade to black. I thought that was credits. Yeah. See me too. Me too. I would have 
Yeah, I would have been super cool with that, but they, I guess, I don't know, they had to yeah. do this next bit, you know. They just I, needed one extra ball well, fest, but, 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 cry but, fest at the end of it. But I think, it, I, I honestly, I think that, I think I felt that same way too at the beginning, like, that's, this is the end. They, This is how we're going to end. We're not going to know anything about what happened to these people, you know. <laughs> But, you know, I'm glad that we got to uh, – I, I would have been happy. I would have been happy. It would have been a, a little bit of a down note ending. But I would have been happy if that had been the end. I'm glad that we got what we got. Yeah. Well, because you also consider that with some, there's a certain amount of, uh, let's say, less than optimism that goes with the zombie genre. <laughs> um, yeah. That you could also – you know. Uh, there are certain American versions of the zombie story that this story would have ended with the soldiers taking the shot. Yeah. And the fact that we actually, again, it comes back to the, the asshole military in the zombie world um, where, where the military immediately turns into people who have no souls. Uh, and here you actually have them going, no, no, these are, these are survivors. We have survivors. Let's, let's take care of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that yeah, it's it's a nice emotional uh, resolution. Yeah, they, see, I would have been like bullshit. Not of the Living Dead ending. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's what you, that's what you could have gotten. We could have gotten, but instead, I think that you know the, we end up with a zombie film that surprisingly has a very strong emotional core. Now that being said. Uh, the director is going to is in post production, and I've seen the trailer for a movie called Peninsula, which is a sequel to Train sort to Busan. It's sort of a sequel. It's set in the it's, same world. It's set in the same world. Uh, it's supposedly not going to have the same characters in it. Kind of like what they're doing with Cloverfield. Kind of. I yeah, don't know. There's, there's a Moppet girl in the trailer who is not played by the same actress. But she kind of looks an awful lot like the daughter from this film. Uh-huh. And she, what are you trying to say, Tim? I'm trying to say <laughs> that he recognized that the power of adorable Moppet children is strong in this, uni- in this film universe. Do not underestimate the power of a Moppet child to make the audience care. Right. Um, but it is a very, very different... It is a very, very different film from this one. Based on the trailer alone, it's it's much more of an action movie. Right. But I think I would be okay with that. I think it would be very interesting. I'm very interested to see uh, where, where, where he's going to go with Peninsula. Oh, yeah. Because it's basically set four years after the events of Train to Busan. And Korea has basically fallen. I mean, it is... It is the the zombies won, um, and uh, but literally and figuratively. But I mean, there's there's humans, and unfortunately, uh, what concerns me is that at least in in what the trailer looks like, and trailers lie, um, it looks a little bit like we're going to lean into the end of the the end of the world means that all humans become dickheads. Well, uh, I mean. We'll just have to see how, because if you remember, I mean, I don't know if you, how long it's been since you watched the trailer to this, Train to Busan, it was very action, 
forward and you know and we to the point where you weren't expecting all these character beats of all these different people oh yeah no no so, I, I had no i had no ex, ex expectation that this film would have actually been um this particular level of emotion that you would get with this from the trailer right that's why i hate both of you it's <laughs> <laughs> because really I, I seriously i thought oh fucking zombie you're more welcome we're and, here no, to I, help i did i know i did i cried the whole last like 15 minutes i was like i'm i'm gonna kill tim and <laughs> well we're glad you enjoyed it we're just in huge trouble <laughs> Having an emotion. No, I loved it. Was I did. I loved it. I thought it was great. It was not what I expected at all. There's a reason that Dustin and I wanted to watch this film and, and share this film with, with you guys because we really think it's great. It's very, very easy to make an adequate or poor zombie movie. Um, we just watched one last week. Um, and a lot of zombie films are very much a certain kind of cookie cutter. And this does something that a lot of them don't. It provides, you know, combines action and tension with actual emotional beats and really good performances that even if you're not a fan of foreign films, even if you've told yourself, I don't like reading movies or, you know, I, uh, I, I don't care for foreign film at all or whatever, there's no, there's nothing about the emotional or character beats that does not tra translate across cultural barriers. This is not, I mean, it's set in Korea, but this could be set anywhere. And these characters are found in every culture around the world. This mm -hmm. is a Korean film, but it's a very universal uh, story. Right. Um, and I think that that's something that, what's one of the reasons it became as big a hit around the world as it did is because it speaks to something that is very much recognizable to all of us. In, even in the context of a, it's a film about zombies. That's, that's not something you get in a lot of zombie pictures. And you just right. don't. So what are, we, what are we watching next week? Oh gosh, I don't know. I'd pick last time. All right, well, let's see. We'll, we'll, I'll dig around a little bit. Um, there's some, we don't necessarily have to stay in the zombie genre because we've stepped out of it before. I mean, come on. Uh, Vampires, Werewolves, and Banshees, oh my. Uh, Teen Wolf. But, uh, Teen Wolf. As always, we appreciate that you folks tune in and listen to us on this very podcast. We hope that you enjoy it, and we hope that you will share the podcast with your friends. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. It's Apocalypse Now on Facebook. Uh, and if you just type in Zompocalypse Now uh, on Twitter, uh, Zompocalypse N is actually how it shows up. Um, but uh, we'd love to have you guys follow us and uh, you know uh, share the show. As always, we appreciate having guests on the show because as much as Dustin and I like talking to each other, it's always fun to have faces around to, to share this with. And of course, always great to have Curtis back on the show since like, you know, he, said, he started it with us. He was there from the beginning. And of course, Liz is awesome. And it's her birthday tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As we record this. So whether or not you're listening. So wait, well, actually, you know what? When, whenever you're listening to it, just know that Liz's birthday is tomorrow. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm 49 in like an hour and 20 minutes there you go thank you guys for listening we'll do this again next week Dustin thank you thank you and again thank you Curtis and Liz and we'll be back welcome. next week with another episode of Zompocalypse Now
Zompocalypse Now is produced by Justin Adair and Timothy Harvey for Just Some Guy Productions.